So it's really important to understand just like any Netflix documentary, this information that you're getting exposed to, if you do choose to tune into this documentary series, is going to be extremely biased. The intention of the docuseries is to convince you to follow a vegan diet. They present the study in a misleading way. This was all a very, very well thought out attempt to persuade the general public to adopt a plant-based diet. Welcome to the Nutrition Science Podcast, where we help you cut through the noise and make informed, science-based decisions about nutrition and your health. Welcome back to another episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Adrian Chavez, and today we have another Q&A episode. Haven't done one of these in a while, and I am looking forward to today's episode because we have some topics that I've been getting asked about a lot. And these are topics that there's a lot of misinformation around, and I think they're very important to cover today. So the first question that I want to cover is stool testing. Is it useful? Is it beneficial? Does it help you determine what foods you should be eating? Or does it help give more insight into digestive issues that you may be having? Second question that I want to cover is athletic greens. Is this a useful supplement? Is it worth taking? Does it make sense to add this to your daily routine? Third thing is electrolyte powders. Another thing that has gotten very popular recently, and this is something else that I think there's a lot of nuance missing in the discussion and a lot of people promoting these powders without giving you the full picture of information that you need in order to make the best decision about whether taking one of these makes sense for you. So we'll discuss that a little bit more as well. And then the last thing that we're going to discuss is something that has been very popular. It is currently a trending topic, and that is the You Are What You Eat documentary series. So if you haven't heard about this, Netflix has released a new documentary series called You Are What You Eat, and it's covering a study that was done at a Stanford that follows sets of twins and feeds one set of twins an omnivorous diet, one set of twins a vegan diet, and compares health outcomes between the two groups. So we'll cover that. I'll give my opinion about that documentary and the study as well in case you've come across this and you're curious about whether it's worth checking out. So let's start off with stool testing. So stool testing is something that has become more popular because we're starting to learn more about the gut microbiome. And if you take a small portion of your poop and you send it off to a lab and they measure some of the microbes in your poop that gives a little bit of information about what's going on inside of you. The problem is that when we measure this small sample of feces, that doesn't tell us much about what's going on in the various environments throughout the 20 plus feet of intestines that we have. And so the stool is giving a very limited picture and trying to make decisions about this very limited picture is where people go wrong. So it is interesting to send your poop off to get measured for various microbes. It can help to identify like H. pylori, for example. We can also measure things like calprotectin in the stool, which is a marker of intestinal inflammation that can be helpful and a useful measure to get from your stool as well. However, a stool test is not going to be an assessment of your microbiome. So a lot of people say measure your microbiome to see what's going on in your gut. That's not the case. It would be like going to a certain neighborhood in a city, seeing what that neighborhood looked like, and then 
making decisions about the entire city based on that neighborhood. So if you've lived in any major city, you know that different neighborhoods can look very different in the same city. And if you went into one neighborhood and you could see one picture of things, and that wouldn't be representative at all of the entire city. That's what's going on when we're doing a stool test. Yes, there it can be somewhat reflective of what's going on inside of your GI tract, but you're taking such a small sample and you're not looking at the whole picture at all, and that can be misleading. So you could go into a neighborhood in a very safe city, but there's you know one neighborhood that or you know small area that isn't so safe. And if you went into that area, you would think the entire city was unsafe. So when you're making decisions with very limited information and trying to draw conclusions based on very limited information, that's when you can go wrong. And that's what's happening when people are doing stool tests and saying, you know, you're measuring your microbiome. You're not. You're looking at a very, very small sample. You're measuring a very select group of microbes. You're not even measuring everything. We don't have the capacity to do that at this point. So you shouldn't be making decisions based on that very limited picture. And companies that are selling these stool tests claiming to be able to personalize your nutrition are just scamming you. And other companies that are claiming to be able to measure your microbiome to see what's going on and help you figure out your digestive issues are often just scamming you as well. Now, there's a little bit more validity to that because in some cases, as I mentioned, you can do a stool test to assess H. pylori, or you can do a stool test to assess the presence of salmonella, for example. And in these cases, you're actually identifying a potential pathogen that could be causing these digestive problems. But if you're sending in your stool to a company that claims to tell you what to eat based on that, that is a complete scam. As I mentioned, stool tests can be useful in specific digestive conditions, but that's not something you would be buying online. That's something that you would be getting recommended to you by your doctor or by your GI specialist. So be very careful with stool testing. It makes almost no sense to be purchasing a stool test online that you're going to be sending samples to and you're paying out of pocket. Now, if your insurance is covering it and it's recommended to you by a physician, definitely do that. Um, but if it's something that someone's trying to sell you that you pay for out of pocket, and it's something that you purchase online and send in, definitely want to be skeptical of that. So now let's talk about Athletic Greens. So this is a greens powder supplement, also often marketed as somewhat of a multivitamin or daily nutritional support supplement. Uh, this supplement has gotten very popular, largely driven by its promotion on the Huberman Lab podcast. And this is something that I get asked about quite regularly. Many, many, many people are taking this. This is a massive company at this point, Athletic Greens. If you haven't heard of it, it is a greens powder. And again, they try to promote it as a like a daily nutritional support multivitamin type supplement. All right. So what is this supplement? So it's, it's a greens powder and it has about seven grams of dried up greens, essentially. And then a couple of grams of some other dried up herbs as well. And then a few micronutrients. This is just not a supplement that is worth a hundred bucks a month. So that's how much it costs. You can get it on sale for a little bit less than that. They try to get you into a promotion where you're paying monthly and you're paying, I think, like 80 or 90 bucks a month. Spend that two or three bucks every single day on getting some greens into your diet. 
if you want to take a supplement and you want to take a daily nutritional support, go back to my episode where I discuss should you take a multivitamin. I will link that in the show notes. You can listen to that and determine whether or not it makes sense for you to take a multivitamin support supplement. And if you do, you can get one for like 66 cents a day, not $3. And so if you eat a little bit of greens every day, you take a multivitamin, you're going to do yourself a lot better than this athletic green supplement. So the way that supplement companies work, and probably discussed this on the podcast before, um, didn't really understand that this was the case until I started studying more of the business side of nutrition. So I studied nutrition from a science perspective. And then once you start to get into creating podcasts, putting out content on social media, start to look into more of the business side, supplements and other types of companies that people build around nutrition. And one of the things that really bothered me as I learned more about this particular subject, and I learned more about the business side of things is that there's a lot of companies that just pop up and they create a supplement. And oftentimes it's not even a new supplement. It's a supplement that was used before and marketed in a different way. Or other times it's just combinations of ingredients that are popular and they're thrown together at very small amounts uh, because it's just popular. If you put turmeric and CBD and collagen and other things that get popular, into a supplement, it gets easier to market. So as I'm digging into learning more about this, you find out that a lot of these supplement companies are just opportunistic companies. They see an opportunity, they put the marketing behind it, they put out whatever product is going to fill that opportunity, they get the influencers and whatever other type of marketing necessary, and they come in and make a lot of money in a short period of time, which is Nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to supplements, this is your health. And you don't want to be on the other side of a company that is just coming in and seeing an opportunity to make a bunch of money. And that's what a lot of these supplement companies are. They're created by marketers who saw an opportunity to make a lot of money in a particular space. And that's what Athletic Greens is. They they use influencer marketing to sell a supplement and they say, hey, this is a, you know, full support greens multivitamin on the athletic green side it says it's a multivitamin multimineral pre and probiotic green superfood stress adaptogen immune support and cognitive support i mean come on it's not doing all of that stuff it's giving you very small amounts of ingredients that could potentially support some of these things at the right doses and you're never going to be getting the right dose when you buy these blended products so athletic greens i do not recommend uh this is a much more expensive supplement than what you're getting and as I mentioned, you'll be getting more benefit from eating a bit of greens and taking a high quality multivitamin that actually meets your vitamin and mineral needs. Next, electrolyte powders, another topic that has gotten very popular over the last year or so, uh, largely probably driven by Huberman Lab podcast as well. And I have heard these advertisements on pretty much every podcast that I listen to, uh, from business to finance to health, it seems like electrolyte powders have taken over in terms of podcast sponsorships. And here's the reality. Most people do not need to be taking an electrolyte powder. The primary ingredient in an electrolyte powder is sodium. Sodium is essentially salt that helps to increase our blood pressure. About half of the U.S. population has high blood pressure. 92% of the population consumes higher than the recommended amounts of salt. And reducing salt consumption in multiple Randomized clinical trials have shown to improve blood pressure 
and reduce risk of cardiovascular disease. So consuming more salt is the opposite of what most people need to be doing. Now, sodium needs vary from person to person. I'm going to do a much more thorough episode on this at some point, but some people do need more sodium and can benefit from these electrolyte powders, particularly pregnant women, individuals who are highly active, individuals who are spending a lot of time outside in the sun, individuals who are sweating a lot, those who have POTS syndrome or have low blood pressure, chronically low blood pressure, these people can potentially benefit from an electrolyte powder. This is a small percentage of the population. Now, when I say small, probably 15, 20%, but this is not everyone. And these companies are promoting their electrolyte powders to everyone. They're recommending them to the general population. And what they're doing is they're causing people to have high blood pressure who shouldn't. If you're taking one gram of sodium through an electrolyte powder, that is not a good idea if you're already consuming enough sodium. This is going to increase most people's blood pressure, and blood pressure is a primary risk factor for cardiovascular disease. So please do not just go out and start taking these electrolyte powders. And if you do, if you do decide to take one, I believe it's liquid IV that only has 500 milligrams of sodium and also has a decent amount of potassium. Many of the others that I've looked at are a full one gram of sodium, which is entirely too much for most people. As I've mentioned, if you're pregnant, if you have POTS syndrome, if you're sweating a lot because you're an athlete or you're an endurance runner, then maybe you need to be taking one of these and maybe you can benefit from it. Um, but if you are going to take it, monitor your blood pressure, make sure that you're not pushing yourself into a hypertensive state because I've gotten multiple messages when I posted about this on social media of people who have reached out to me and said, hey, I started doing one of these electrolyte drinks. My blood pressure went up. I didn't know what was going on. And then when I finally stopped, it went down. And this is really, really important not to give yourself high blood pressure and pay a company three bucks a day to sell you salt water to give you high blood pressure. Definitely not what you want to be doing, unfortunately. Many of the people who are promoting this either don't care or just don't understand the implications of recommending everybody in a population of people who consume too much salt already to consume more salt. I really think most of these people don't care. But like I said, it's either you don't care or you don't understand. Either way, you probably don't want to be taking health advice from someone who either doesn't know or doesn't care about this particular topic. All right, so last thing I want to discuss is this documentary series. You are what you eat documentary series. As I mentioned, this is based on a paper, and I will link the paper in the show notes. It was published out of Stanford. They took 22 pairs of twins. They put them through eight weeks of either following an omnivorous diet or a vegan diet. The first four weeks, they provided them with all of their food. The last four weeks, they provided them with dietary counseling in order to adhere to the dietary recommendations. And what they found was that the individuals in the vegan group had a lower LDL cholesterol at the end of the study. For the most part, the rest of the outcomes were almost the same. The people in the vegan group lost a little bit more weight because they ate less calories. And I believe that the study was designed in order to show that because when they provided them with the food, they actually provided the people in the vegan diet group with less calories. And I'm not sure why. That doesn't really make any sense to me. In this study, in this documentary, it was all funded by the Voigt Foundation, which is a plant-based advocacy group. It also has funded previous documentaries before. So it's really important to understand, just like any Netflix documentary, this 
information that you're getting exposed to if you do choose to tune into this documentary series is going to be extremely biased. The intention of the docuseries is to convince you to follow a vegan diet. They present the study in a misleading way. The study was initially designed in the first place, in my personal opinion, based on looking at the study design and the way that it was carried out. It was designed in order to show, quote unquote, benefits for the plant-based diet. I could have designed that same study in a way that would have made it look more favorable to omnivorous diets. All you have to do is just provide more refined carbohydrates to the vegan group, make the primary outcome triglycerides, also look at lean muscle mass, and make those two things the primary outcomes instead of LDL cholesterol, and you'll likely show that the omnivorous group had a more favorable outcome. And also, if you gave the people who followed a vegan diet a little bit more calories, you could definitely show that. And so, in my opinion, the study doesn't add much to the overall body of research. This was all a very, very well thought out attempt to persuade the general public to adopt a plant-based diet. And there's nothing wrong with wanting people to adopt a plant-based diet. There's many reasons for that, but it really frustrates me to see this type of stuff being promoted in this way because there's a lot of information in that docuseries that is extremely misleading. I'm not going to go through it all. I watched it in the background for a bit, was shaking my head over and over again because a lot of the information, basically everything that's said about animal-based foods is misleading, is exaggerated. They're trying to scare you into becoming a vegan. The goal of this documentary series is to scare you into giving up animal food. So do not recommend. All right, so quick recap. First thing that we discussed today, stool test. Do not recommend, unless you get recommended one by your GI doctor and it's covered by your insurance, it's probably not a good idea. Second thing, athletic greens. Again, not a good idea. This is not something that you need to be taking on a regular basis. And if you do want to take something for daily nutritional support, a multivitamin would be okay. And then just making sure that you're eating your greens on a regular basis is going to do you better than taking a greens powder. Next, electrolyte powders. If you're an athlete, if you're sweating a lot, if you have low blood pressure, or if you're pregnant, you may benefit from an electrolyte powder. The vast majority of people do not need to be taking one, and it's going to increase blood pressure for a lot of people. And a lot of people are truly paying 2 to $3 per serving for what is essentially salt water with a little bit of potassium and magnesium. And for a lot of people, you're paying to increase your blood pressure. Please don't do it. If you're going to take one, pay attention to your blood pressure. And if you have high blood pressure, do not take an electrolyte supplement. It is probably not a good idea unless your doctor recommends otherwise. Last thing is the You Are What You Eat documentary. Again, something that I don't recommend. You're going to be exposed to a lot of misinformation. This documentary is funded by a plant-based diet advocacy group. All of the information is going to be heavily biased towards a plant-based diet. I have nothing against a plant-based diet, but when people are using fear-mongering and misleading claims to scare you out of eating animal foods, that's when I think it is problematic. So that's all I have for this episode of the Nutrition Science Podcast. Hope you all have a great week and we will talk soon.